Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscaping professionals take your business to the next level. Paul is the author of four best-selling books, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and his brand new book, The Lawn Care Advantage, Winning Strategies for a Thriving Landscaping Business, available on Audible and narrated by Mr. Producer. Now, here's your host. Paul Jamison. Hey, what's up, everybody? We've never done this before. We have a returning guest to the show. You guys know her. What's up, CJ? Hey, Paul. Welcome back to the program. And for the first time ever, we have Ty Dillon and Stuart Friesen joining the show. What's up, guys? Hey, glad to be here. How's it going? So your guys' cars and trucks are sponsored by Ferris, and uh, we thought it'd be cool to kind of get to hear uh, your journey into racing and, and how you've become these stars and, and, and share your journey along the way. So we'll start with you, Ty. Why don't you go ahead and, and introduce us and, and let everyone know what you do for a living? Yeah, as you introduced, I'm, I'm Ty Dillon. Um, I'm a driver in the NASCAR Cup Series. I've been racing since I was 13 years old. I'm now 31 uh, with a wife and two kids. Uh, a house and a yard that has to get mowed itself. Um, so, uh, no, I've been racing for, for quite a long time now. And, and, uh, it's been kind of part of my whole life story. I grew up, my grandfather is Richard Childress, so he's owned race cars. So from the time I remember I've, I've been sitting in stands and I've been at racetracks before I could hardly walk. So, um, racing has been a big part of my life and uh something that i've been uh, able to be successful at and find my way in the, the top series in nascar and have won races along the way so um it's been uh, quite a fun journey and uh, a major part of that journey for me is is uh ferris uh mowers they have been a part of my younger years in racing and now we've met back up again at the top of the cup series and we've started a partnership this year that's been so awesome so fun cj and, and everybody inside the company are so genuine and, and great to work with. And it's been uh, so fun this year and, and looking forward to more. Awesome. Nice to meet you, Ty. And Stuart, tell everyone uh, who you are and where, yeah, where you're from. Yeah, my name's Stuart Friesen. Uh, I live in upstate New York and uh, driving uh, Big Block Dirt Modified Competition, which is kind of Northeast base up here. And uh, along with that, we race in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. So we've been in the Truck Series now for... Uh, I think this is our seventh full-time year. Uh, started a little bit late uh, in life in the, in the truck series. I was a 33-year-old rookie and, uh, you know, turning 40 this year. So um, along with uh, my partner, Chris Larson at Halmar International, uh, we own Halmar Friesen Racing. And, uh, you know, it, like I said, we've been in the series a handful of years um, on top of during our, doing our dirt modified stuff. Uh, I also grew up in the sport. Uh, my family owned and promoted a, a speedway out in Western New York, Ransomville Speedway. So uh, as long as I can remember, uh, my dad and grandfather had me, you know, cutting the grass and, and trimming weeds. And uh, I think the first thing I ever drove was uh, riding lawnmower well before I ever started go-kart racing or, or any type of stock car racing. So uh, this partnership with Ferris has just been awesome. Uh, you know, landscaping and, and keeping my yard looking good is, is something I'm passionate about. And, uh, you know, having a, a Ferris zero turn, uh, you know, in the garage is uh, certainly helpful to that. Nice. Well, let's talk the most memorable uh, moments of your guys's career. I'm sure something pops to mind pr pretty quickly. So, uh, Ty, do you want to get started? What's what's kind of the 
the highlight race uh, or anything of your career? What's been the best moment so far? Yeah, there, there's been a, a couple for sure. Um, I won some races in the in the in the truck series at a younger age, and then uh, my biggest win I'd say to the state is uh, I won the Xfinity race at Indianapolis Motor Speedway uh, to be able to win at that speedway and kiss the brakes and uh, get the whole thing there with with all the history that's been there. That's probably one of the biggest racing moments of my career as far as getting in victory lane. And then uh, uh, starting my first Daytona 500, growing up being a race fan and just being able to be a part of that race. And I, I think I've participated in 11 or 12 of them now. And wow. every year it never gets old. It's uh, super special to me. It means a lot. And uh, so those are those are always cool moments and looking forward to the, the next one. I, I'm hoping that the next race will be our next win. Nice. Stuart, what's been your the highlight of your career? Most memorable win or, or moment? Oh, wow. Um, just, just all of it, you know, to be able to, to make a living, uh, in motorsports across, you know, the dirt track world and, and now into the, the truck series has been uh, a dream come true. Uh, being able to compete at, at so many different awesome racetracks, uh, across the United States and Canada, uh, like Ty said, you know, just being able to, to make laps at Daytona and be in those races has been something that was really cool. Um, you know, winning the uh, super dirt week at the New York state fairgrounds, uh, a handful of times, you know, with our, our big block dirt modified was, you know, probably one of my greatest achievements, you know, in the dirt track world. And then moving into the truck series, we won, uh, the dirt derby, the last one they had at Eldora, uh, in 2019, which was, was super cool. And then we've also had wins at, at Phoenix and, and, uh, in Texas. So being able to, to win races at the national scale, you know, and, uh, you know, represent our partners and our teammates that, that make everything possible is just, uh, something that's been, been super awesome. And, uh, hopefully we're not done yet. Uh, we're going to, we're going to keep digging and, and hopefully make a lot more memories before we're all said and done. I, I'm shocked that the, the Motown showdown wasn't your highlight. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, running second and everything is never uh, a highlight. Uh, you know, even though it was a close race, uh, with Michael Waltrip there at his brewery, uh, in Bristol, uh, but the Motown showdown was, was, definitely uh, a fun event where you know we put the uh the ferris uh 40 horse 3300s uh through their paces <laughs> nice now for what i understand y'all are going to be coming to louisville um mid-october for the uh, quip expo which is our in our industry lawn care landscaping it's our biggest uh trade show of the year tens of thousands of folks come in and so uh, what's going to be your guys's involvement um at the equip expo this year yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's something that we, we talked about this off season before our year even got started, kind of the beginning of our, our partnership again. Um, it's been so cool for me to be able to everywhere that Ferris has been on the car. We've had a bunch of local distributors come in and, and hopefully circle back around with those folks, but to meet them, the ones who love the product and use it every single day and just hear their enthusiasm uh, from a different angle, you know, we, we have an enthusiastic fun partnership, but to hear their excitement for these mowers and what it does for their job and how uh, easy it makes their work. It's so fun because we're all connected in a, in a similar way. And so to be out there and, and uh, to not be just focused on racing, but actually be focused on Ferris and, and, and meeting everybody out there. I don't know what all we're going to get into, but we're going to have a lot of fun and uh, hopefully everybody comes out and just has a good time with us. Cause that's what we're going to be looking to do. Yeah, for sure. I've been to a bunch of different trade shows uh, between the construction industry with our time with Talmar International and, and as well in the racing industry, uh, going out to PRI, the big you know racing trade show in Indianapolis every year um, is always a great time. So uh, 
I can imagine that that uh, a trade show full of landscapers and you know people that that also uh, use and, and sell the Ferris products. Like Ty said, we've had a bunch of the different dealers out to the races and, and customers, and uh, everybody's had a great time. So uh, looking forward to getting hooked up again with those guys and, and you know just having a good time out at the trade show. Totally. Well, I, I want to pick your brain a little bit. You mentioned, I think it was you, Ty. You mentioned teamwork and what all goes into it. Like, like who's on your team? You, you, you guys win a race. Like, and obviously your skill is a, a big portion of that, but there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And I think as landscaping business owners, if we're going to have a, a, a prosperous business, we have to have all the parts, you know, working together. So what, what's it like building a team and, and what all goes into a win? Yeah, um, fortunately, I've had some some experience with a few different teams, uh, but along the way, you you understand what makes a good team and, and the ingredients of that. And it doesn't matter if it's racing or or mowers or whatever industry it may be. The ingredients are always the same. It's good, honest people who are all focused on on rowing the boat in the same direction. Um, in our race team, we have probably 50, 60 employees back at the race shop total. Uh, but we travel every week with with 12 or so, depending on uh, marketing and different folks that may travel with us. But every single one uh, has to be focused on a singular goal and all pulling in the same direction. And no one knows that goal unless we're all communicating clearly on what we're trying to achieve. Um, and, and you can pick and place what that means for whether it's racing or selling mowers or or. Uh, mowing lawns or whatever you're trying to be as a team, teamwork is always the same ingredients no matter what. So um, it's massively important, even though us drivers get a lot of the the publicity and and, uh, we're the heroes and the zeros a lot of the time, uh, but there's everybody involved means just as much as as the guys out front that uh, get to hold the steering wheel. Yeah, Stuart, what are your thoughts on communication and in, in, in your team? Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a big part. You know, I've taken over more of a of, of that leadership role uh, on our truck team here in the last couple months. And it's it's very, very hard. You know, there's there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just having a fast truck or, or car and even going out there and ripping fast laps and winning the race. You know, there's uh, like Ty said, there's, you know, many people uh, beside behind the scenes, you know, making all this possible be, between the marketing people and, and the whole sponsorship side of NASCAR, which is so huge. You know, you have a lot of engineers, um, you're over the wall guys, everybody needs to be on point and, and just sometimes the smallest mistake, uh, you know, can make or break your day, you know, uh, us in general, just a, a quick example, you know, we were at Nashville two weeks ago and had a really fast truck and, and our rear changer, you know, just made a little bit of a, a little bit of a mistake and, and left the right rear loose and, and it kind of ruined a day. So, um, it's a whole group of people working together. Uh, but like just a small mistake can, can kind of ruin, you know, uh, a whole outcome of a, of a good day. So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not just picking on him. I've definitely made tons of mistakes behind the wheel too. Uh, as we all are, everybody's human. Um, but the biggest thing is just learning from that, you know, picking up the pieces and, and staying positive and staying forward on, you know, our next goal, which is our next race. Yeah. And one small mistake in business or a race is going to affect the outcome. What, how do you guys stay so efficient in the pit? And when, when you're doing all that, I, I just watch it and I'm like, you know, I, I wish they changed my oil like that fast. You know what I mean? Like how, 
how in the world do they pull that off? Yeah, like, yeah, like, like Ty said, you know, communication is key in everything. That's, that's the biggest part. Just, you know, communicating with your guys, um, your over the wall tire changers, which are so crucial on race day. But then on the back end, our, our guys in the shop, our fabricators, uh, our body guys, we have a lot of, um, companies that we use kind of as, as, outside laborers that, that will come in and just do some Bondo and do some paint work. You know, the guys that, that landscape at the shop and, and keep the place looking good. So uh, when we have visitors and people through everything's, you know, tidy and, and looking fresh. So just that, that whole big package, um, you know, believe it or not, leads up to, to winning races and, and <clears throat> excuse me, and being successful in NASCAR. What have been, yeah. so, Oh, go ahead, Ty, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I don't really have much to add on to. I think Stuart nailed it there. I mean, I think, an abundance of clear communication eventually turns into nonverbal communication where your left hand knows what your right hand's doing without even talking because you've been so clear on your objectives and your goals and everyone's focused on the same, same direction. So that's where you start uh, easing away those time margins. And uh, when you're all communicating very clearly and you've, you've done the same thing over and over, the time shortens, the gap of mistakes shortens because uh, your buddy knows, Hey, if he's not sitting right here, during this time, I know I've got to move over and help him out or I've got to do this because I know only reason he wouldn't be there is if there's an issue. So um, those little gaps and margins and we race in tenths of a second. You can't hardly even stop a stopwatch that quick. But those are the margins we live in uh, for our race teams. And every little thing that we do has to be uh, to that that minute detail to be efficient. Yeah, totally. You just mentioned the word uh, issues, Ty. And I think when you're running a lawn care business, everyone listening right now, we always face issues and, and it might not be as crazy as y'all do, you know, wait, uh, you know, a piece of equipment goes down for the day or, you know, the customers dogs in the backyard when you get there, or there's, there's issues and there's challenges that we face day to day in this industry, but walk us through race day. What, what's some issues and challenges? I know Stuart, you just mentioned the, the mishap y'all had recently. Uh, but what, what are some issues or, or, um, challenges that you have in real time during the race and, and how do you overcome those and, and, and make the um, adjustments? Man, um, it's a major part of, of what makes a good race team and, and a race driver is, is how you handle those moments. It's not a matter of when, uh, or, 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 or if it's not going to happen, it's a matter of when it's going to happen in our sport. Uh, even for, for my team specifically this year has been, uh, almost unprecedented for some of the bad luck and just little issues that we've had, but you show your true identity as a team or as a person and how you handle those issues. If you, every time something wrong that's maybe out of your control happens, you fly off the handle and you ripple 10 more negative things, um, out of a situation, you're not going to have a sustainable company. You're not going to have a sustainable career in anything that you do. Um, issues are only, what you make of them. If you, you, sometimes it might end the day a little early, but it can also help you to start the next week even better because you'll be more prepared. You can always learn from things that happen, uh, whether you're in a race car or, or you're, you're, uh, working in the lawn care business. Um, issues are not a step backward. It's an opportunity to learn. And the more you have that mindset and you don't take every, every result of a day as an indictment on who you are, but you take it as an opportunity to get better. Um, that's what I think, uh, allows you to have sustainable careers, sustainable partnerships and, um, uh, a thriving business on the long run. It's a long game most of the time when it comes to solving issues. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the most successful race teams and, and most successful businesses, 
um, in anything, you know, whether it's like in motorsports or uh, in lawn care, property maintenance, you know, uh, it's it's a long game. Like Ty said, you know, uh, things great. Greatness doesn't happen overnight and learning from every not maybe only mistake, but every hiccup or, or issue equipment failure. Um, you know, maybe a guy doesn't show up for, for a day, you know, just being able to learn from those things that, that happen. Um, and, and you never can foresee them, you know, especially in, in racing, you know, there'll be things that happen to, to myself and, and to Ty, you know, uh, coming up that, that will never be able to, to, you know, just say, okay, this is what's good, the bad thing that's going to happen next. You know, things just pop up all the time, whether it's equipment failures, um, electrical problems, you know, bad pit stops, uh, you know, miss on setup, or there, there's so many different things that can kind of bite you. So learning from that and, and communicating with your team and, you know, just saying, okay, if this happens again, this is what we can do to fix it, to be better. And that's, that's what makes, you know, great race teams and, and, and great businesses. Yeah, I think what's interesting is is over time, I was just thinking about this as you were talking, is like from the lower levels of racing, you know, when it's your your parents and your you and you're just trying to figure out, you know, how to get a toolbox to the racetrack to where you're in the cup series and everything is to the highest level and the nicest stuff, you realize what has happened in the past that has created this this level of excellence at the top. And most of the time it's, you know, we have checklists on all our race cars and the checklist might be two pages full of things that the guys have to check every single thing. There's mileage lists that they mileage every single lap that a part has ran. And once it gets to a certain mileage, they know, Hey, it's, it doesn't need to be ran anymore because we're going to run into an issue. And I think the more you're aware of things like that, the standard gets higher. You have less and less issues because you, these all are all mistakes that were learned in the past where somebody mileaged out a part and they broke in the race and they had to pay the penalty of finishing last. And when it, when it pays a penalty, you don't want to make that mistake again. And, and now we're at a point in the cup series and truck series and the highest ranks in NASCAR, where these things are prevented earlier because it's been past mistakes, whether it's five, 10, 15 years ago, that has been brought to a company said, Hey, we don't need to do this. This is how we can prevent this in the future. Um, and it's created, you know, one of the most efficient businesses to perform in, in NASCAR. Absolutely. Yeah. Preventive maintenance, you know, is, is the biggest thing, whether it's in racing on your, on your, our race vehicles, or especially, uh, you know, if you're running a landscape business, trying keeping your mowers and keeping your equipment fresh, you know, just making sure the smallest things, your equipment's greased, your tires are aired up and, you know, something's not going to reach out and bite you. Um, you know, just when you're not uh, up on top of stuff. So having a great plan, you know, our, our haulers are scheduled to leave at a certain time every week, you know, staying to that plan and, and being preventive on, on all the things that we've learned over the years that can go wrong, um, you know, make sure they don't go wrong. Very well said. I'm, I'm curious what it's like to be working in a career where it seems like you guys are, you know, getting paid to do what you love and, and are, you know, at such an elite level, um, in, you know, racing. So what's it like to, to actually, you know, get paid to do what you love? Like how, how has, do you appreciate it or you take it for granted? Like what's that like uh, to, to get to do what you guys do and earn a living doing it? Um, yeah, I, I, I guess I'd go first. It's um, first of all, it's an, it's an absolute blessing. Um, but you also have to be reminded of that at times because we're also in a sport where, 
there's one winner and there's 40 or 39 losers every week. And uh, the losers get talked about a lot more than, than the, the winners, it feels like. So you have to set goals for yourself within that. You know, you're not going to win every single race. If you do, you're the greatest of all time and no one's ever been able to do it yet. Uh, but you have to set a standard for yourself where you are growing and learning within uh, what, you know, to the outside might seem like a, a failure or a loss, but you take that as a win and you continue to get better. Um, it's an amazing industry. I, I have to, like I said, remind myself all the time I get to drive race cars for a living. Uh, but like anything, though, even though, you know, a lot of people enjoy the lawn care industry and, and enjoy the peace of being able to out, go out there and, and mow, um, but a job is a job and there's demands and there's stress that come with it. And you just have to find that balance of, of peace and, uh, but also determination to try to be the best in, in what you do, no matter what it is. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's definitely a blessing to be able to do this as a living. Um, you know, and then there's other times when you just think it's the absolute biggest curse. Cause when things go wrong, it, it, you know, you, as a driver, you kind of feel all that weight on your shoulders. You're the one in the spotlight. You're the one that that's representing, um, the forefront of your race team. So, um, you know, Ty and I are usually the ones that have to explain when things do go wrong. And, and, you know, the biggest thing is always when race fans will come up and, and ask is, Oh, what happened? You know, why didn't you win? It's like, okay, if I had that crystal ball and I knew all of it, you know, I just spewed out and we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. We'd be sitting in victory lane, but, um, it's, it's definitely awesome. It's, you know, I'm, as a racer, I'm pretty much switched onto it 24 seven, um, you know, between the, the, the NASCAR truck series stuff. And then our, our dirt modified stuff that, you know, we just got home, uh, just after midnight last night from a race. So that, that didn't go great. So, uh, we're going to, uh, you know, just, just plan of attack. You know, the, my day after this is, is getting my lawn mode quick, uh, get down to our dirt modified race shop, get, get some organization going there and then, and then jump in the truck and start heading to Ohio for our next race. So, it's uh it is a blessing to be able to do that uh be able to travel with my family and you know have them with us at, at a lot of these events is, is super cool um which which they are this weekend and uh but yeah it's definitely a dream come true to be able to do this but on the other side of it there is there is a lot of pressure and it's definitely uh you know a 24 7 game that we're in yes um, Stuart, you have it doubly bad sometimes because you race against your wife and you have to figure yeah. out how you handle that dinner conversation the next day. Yeah, no, that's actually really good right now. We raced together uh, this past Saturday night up here at Fonda Speedway in New York. And and uh, I made a mistake and, and, and got up in the dust and got to the tire barrier and it ended our race early. And uh, she held on and, and ran fifth, had a nice top five. So um, that was the good part of, of having a, a great teammate was being able to, uh, you know, get my car into the pits, get parked and then, and then get up on the trailer and, and cheer her on. And, and, uh, you know, at least our team brought home a, a top five finish at the end of the day. So, um, it, it's really cool to be able to have her, you know, she just kind of races part time now. Um, we have a screen printing business that, that she runs full time and, uh, you know, she gets to have some fun on the weekends. So when I, when I make a mistake and mess up, it's, uh, it's great to put all the eggs back in her basket and, and watch her have a good run. You wouldn't drive a car without suspension, so why would you mow without it? With racing-inspired, patented full suspension and integrated cutting decks, Ferris commercial mowers are engineered to deliver a quality cut faster, allowing professional landscapers to earn more profit and bragging rights. Ferris suspension is not just a feature or a marketing gimmick, it is a game changer that simply has to be experienced. True suspension changes everything. 
Visit FerrisMowers.com today to find your nearest dealer. Ferris. Experience suspension. Stop wasting time responding to website inquiries that are not in profitable service areas. Let my service area filter those inquiries for you so you know every inquiry will be in one or more of your profitable areas. My service area is a secretary for your website that will only allow good leads and inquiries through your website. This means no more looking up addresses and responding to people that you cannot service. Using my service area will allow you to focus on certain areas which help build dense routes. Daily miles traveled matter more than ever today, so knowing your numbers and how far you can travel mean everything to your success. Start saving time and become more efficient today with My Service Area. You can learn more at myserviceareacom forward slash Paul. Again, that's myserviceareacom forward slash Paul. Introducing GPS Track It, your comprehensive fleet management solution, delivering peace of mind, optimal operations, and customer satisfaction. With real-time vehicle tracking, AI-powered video dash cams, and 24-7 support, GPS Track It empowers your business with cost savings, improved efficiency, and enhanced safety. Experience the GPS track it advantage today and unlock the full potential of your fleet. Find out more at gpstrackit.com slash Paul. Is it more fun to be on the, the dirt or the pavement? <laughs> That's a good question. I get that almost, almost every race. Um, and, and my, my best day and my best races is the one I'm at. You know, if I'm at a a truck race, wherever it may be, you know, that's where I'm having my most fun. Uh, the next day might be a dirt race. You know, the next race might be a road course or a, or a mile and a half or a short track. And, And really, I just, I love all of it. There's not any track I really strongly dislike, uh, maybe Martinsville, but other than that, um, you know, I, I love competing in motorsports in general. So uh, I love the dirt. I love I love the pavement stuff, and, and I just kind of love all of it. What What are the most significant tracks, or if you had to pick your your favorite one or two or races, like what What's the one that that's the most significant to you? Or you could share multiple uh, races, tracks that you just they're kind of you know a little bit better than the others, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I, um, it's always a tough question for me. I, I don't really have one specific over the other. I try to keep kind of an open mindset about all of them so I don't have any preconceived notions that uh, might get me behind. But I definitely look forward to the Daytona 500 as a race. Just the event is something that's so special. Um, I love racing at Bristol and Darlington. Those are tracks that are close to home that I've always just loved uh, being a part of. And, and I've had some success at those tracks. So you circle those, but there's also, there's places that I love just being in the area. You have beautiful towns and, and fun places to be around in, in the area. So uh, you like them all. There's few that, uh, you know, you're hoping you'll get better at. And then there's few that you're really circling the calendar, looking forward to, to an opportunity to win at too. And it's, it's tough to keep a positive mindset about all of them, but uh, that's what you got to do. Yeah, absolutely. Keeping an open mindset um, on the tracks that you struggle at is, is sometimes tough, but it's, it's what you need to do because, uh, the schedules in NASCAR now are very, um, diverse. You know, you saw the Chicago street course last week, and then you go from there to a, to a short track like Martinsville or a mile and a half. And then the super speedways, there's a lot of, uh, unique 
uh, places across the country and, and across that schedule. So, you know, staying open to all that and trying to be good at all of them is something that's, that's very tough, but it's kind of something you need to do. So, uh, personally, I enjoy that more of the historical tracks. We got to go back to North Wilkesboro this year, which was really, really cool. Uh, a place that, you know, I watched on TV when I was just a real little kid and, and, uh, you know, never in a million years thought I'd ever have a chance to, to run an event there. So that was, that was something that was really cool. And, and like up here in the Northeast, we have a lot of history and a lot of the dirt tracks that are close to home. So I'm fortunate. I live 15 minutes from Fonda Speedway and it's, it's my most favorite place to go. It's, it's Saturday nights. Um, we usually run really well there. And then, you know, afterwards, you know, it's, it's, it's just a laid back atmosphere in the pit area. A lot of the fans, uh, it's kind of old school. A lot of the people come in the pits and have a beer afterwards. And, and it's, uh, it's something that, that we really enjoy. That's fantastic. How do you stay competitive? It's so saturated. I mean, all your peers are good. You can't get to that level with, with not being the best of the best. So you're, you're literally competing against, you know, the best of the best of the best. So how, how do you get a competitive edge? Like how, how do you, move the needle when, when everyone else around you is so uh, good. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough thing. I think every series, when you go up a level, you're racing the the champions and the race winners of the previous series. And um, I think the biggest step for me was going from the Xfinity series to the cup series, because all the way back to 36th place, these guys are champions of, of different series and it ran up front and win races. And, um, the thing is, is you just have to continue to grow as a person. You have to continue to find ways to make yourself better week in and week out. Um, you know, keep adding tools to your toolbox, but also remembering who you are as a driver, what made you special to, to get to the point that you're at and relying on that and just having confidence on that because, um, so many things, like we said earlier, it's not all just in the driver's hand. The driver makes those special few decisions at the end of a race that can be a difference in fifth and first but it takes a whole team around you. And if, if everything's not clicking, it's not always your fault and it's not always their fault. Um, but when you get to those moments, you just got to remember who you are as a driver um, that separated you in the past, because typically that's going to work at every level as long as everything's working. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just learning from your mistakes and then getting better, you know, as you go, uh, you know, as a race team or as a driver, you know, I know in the shop, we try to just, when we, when we build something, whether it's a dirt modified or whether it's a craftsman truck, the next one we build, you know, we'll learn from our previous build and just want to make that a little bit better. Um, and that's probably, you know, is really similar to stuff that happens in the, the landscaping and lawn care industry. When you do a lawn or you mow a lawn and, and I know, uh, I'm, guilty of this with my lawn, you know, I get it really nice one time. And then, you know, the next time I come out, I want to make that just a little bit better. I want to, you know, do stuff maybe a little bit more efficient or a little bit faster, you know, and, and we do the same thing, you know, in motorsports, just building our piece a little bit lighter the next time, you know, maybe streamlining uh, the body a little bit more that we can, we'll, we'll push the envelope um, a little bit more in, in a certain area of the body where, you know, we can get it through templates and get it through the rules uh, that are put out by NASCAR a little bit better. So um, just, just not ever being stuck in a certain box, just always pushing a little bit harder, you know, is something, you know, in, in motorsports is as well, you know, in the shop and then behind the wheel is something we always push to, to be better at every time. I had one more question I'm curious about. And then if CJ, if you have anything we're missing out on or you want to add in. So on, on race day, like what's your diet or what do you eat or drink? Like, how do you, like, if you got to go to the bathroom in the middle of a race, like, what do you guys do? I've always been curious of that. I'm like, how do you manage all that? 
That's my favorite question. I think that's one of the most common. <laughs> the most common one is where do you go to the bathroom? Um, for me, I, I have a great streak uh, for my whole career that I have not peed in my suit during the middle of a race. Um, <laughs> but uh, diet and um, and hydration wise, you know, for me throughout the season, we have a 36 or 38 week schedule. And the only off weekend we had was Father's Day weekend. So we're in the middle of it. I don't really have time to get behind on hydration or else it'll affect the next month of, of my races. Wow. Um, and uh, so water is a major part of my life and, and almost to the point now where I, I put a lot of electrolytes in my water just to try to replace things because water is not typically enough. Um, but uh, I eat somewhat normal, try to eat pretty clean. You definitely don't want anything greasy on the stomach before a three and a half, four hour race. So I'm pretty bland on race days, but I don't have a, a very, you know, tight, tight routine. So do you like force yourself to go to the bathroom beforehand or? Yeah, I always tell people if you're coming to a NASCAR race and you're inside the pits, the best place to meet drivers is stand beside the Porta Johns on pit road. Because right about they seeing the national anthem between before the national anthem or right afterwards, most drivers are going right there to try to empty out the tank before you get in that car for a long time. Yeah, that, exactly. I I can say that I don't have that same streak as, <laughs> as um, I've definitely, you know, just had to go. And, um, it just happens. I've either been, you know, overhydrated and, and didn't get to the Portageon before the, the national anthem. Then you sit there during a long red flag and, and, you know, I sweat a lot. So uh, most of the time it just, it, it comes out as almost water anyway. So uh, it kind of blends in, but um, yeah, just, just trying to stay hydrated. These, these race events we go to, especially this time of year in the summer, it's super hot out. It might be a hundred to 105 degrees, you know, just ambient temperature inside our vehicles. It's probably 140 to 150. Um, you know, we do have some cool suits and, and a little bit of air conditioning to our helmets that, that helps a little bit. Uh, it doesn't really help a lot. We still, you know, personally, I sweat a, a ton. Um, so trying to stay hydrated and, and like Ty said, water, most of the time isn't enough. You know, you definitely need to have those electrolytes, whether it's a little bit of Gatorade or, or Pedialyte, um, or the, I'm sure there's tons of different stuff, you know, those packets that you can add to water to get those electrolytes up is something that really, um, pays off at the end of a race where, you know, you can still be sharp in the seat and, and feel good about yourself and, and feel good and confident behind the wheel. Um, you know, as, as when you started the race. So, um, as far as meals, I don't really eat a, big meal night before race or, or race day. I just kind of peck. I'm more like a bird. I have a, a narrow palate. I don't like a lot of stuff. So I just kind of peck on race day and try to try to stay, uh, try to stay as full as I can, but you know, drinking, uh, drinking enough water and, and keeping those electrolytes, uh, in us is definitely the, the, the biggest thing. Nice. Well, this has been uh, really fun. I, I look forward to in store to meeting you guys in person, um, in Louisville this October and, the common denominator, I might not be as cool as y'all um, and is good behind the wheel, but we all, you know, do work with uh, Ferris and and they've just been, this is a first year we've, you know, worked with you guys, CJ, and, and it's been awesome uh, with the podcast and uh, Colton came down and brought us a bunch of the latest and greatest equipment that we were um, playing around with and post a bunch of content with. So I just wanted to say thank you to, to Ferris Mowers for connecting this interview of, you know, first of a kind um, on the show and uh, CJ, is there anything we're leaving out here? Any anything you want to say to the Green Street Podcast listeners? Yeah, um, I just you know I I'm really glad we could get Ty and Stuart on here. Um, our our partnership has been awesome. I know Paul, you asked the question 
of these guys living their dream job, right? But I think um, I'm I'm the real winner here because I get to do marketing and hang out with all my long hair buddies, and then also as a gearhead, work with NASCAR now, which has um, not been awful. I've been having a, a huge blast with these guys, and um, you know, I just think this partnership is so important not only to get your, your brand out there to make sure that you're partnering with really good people and, you know, Stuart and Ty are, you know, premier people that, you know, I think represent our brand so well. And it's been such a fun adventure. Um, last week we were, gosh, was it last week already? We were, I was, uh, out in North Carolina with Ty and he actually came over to Ole Poole's house and uh, we, we made a few jokes about him messing up all these stripes, but um, this is the most incredible yard I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> I felt terrible, but <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was fun. And he got to see some of that passion that, that our fans in the lawn care industry experienced um, and then turned around after that, you know, hanging out with Ty and Stuart came to Milwaukee and came to uh, Summerfest, which is one of the biggest music festivals in the world and brought the truck and we got to meet with fans. And, you know, I think just seeing that engagement, the fact that, you know, Stuart literally had victory lane the night before on um, Ferris night at Utica Rome and then hopped on a plane and zoomed here to meet with fans. I think just, you know, having partners that are willing to make those kinds of commitments to to meet with our, you know, audiences is awesome. And, and I appreciate, you know, just the partnership. Um, I love it. I am shocked, Ty, that you're wearing a Spire shirt and not your, your faded, clapped out 20 year old <laughs> Ferris t-shirt and everything. <laughs> I, I was, uh, I literally thought about you when I was gonna, it was gonna, I was gonna put it on. I was like, you know, I think CJ might might be tired of seeing my old hair <laughs> shirt on everything that I do, but it'll be back soon enough. I just had to switch it up for one one, yeah. <laughs> one thing. No, I love it. And I love, you know, to that point, like we've Ferris has partnered with both Stuart and Ty over many, many years. And so this really might feel like a newer partnership because we're actually talking about it and bringing it out to new audiences. But um, we've we've partnered with both of these drivers for many, many, many years. And um, I think it's been an awesome adventure and I hope that, you know, when you guys stop out at the um, Briggs and Stratton booth at Equip Expo and, and get to meet them and you'll get to realize that, you know, they're as, as good as people as, as we tout them to be. And I wouldn't put my brand on, on any clown's car. So I'm glad I have these two guys that are representing us well. And, um, you know, Paul, I'm glad we could have them on here where it's no shack. Um, I know you've been hanging out with Shaq here lately, so hopefully, you know, you can come down from, from Shaq to hang out with us for a little bit, but. Cool. This, this has been great. How can people connect with you guys? For, for me, I, um, I'm pretty much an Instagram. I do have Twitter and, and Facebook, but I mostly interact on Instagram. It's just at Ty underscore Dylan. I do most of my interactions there. Um, but, uh, you can also you know, find our, our team sites if you're looking to get things signed. Uh, and there's some addresses there that you can send some stuff in and, and hopefully we'll get it signed and sent back to you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we do a lot, you know, on the social media platforms, uh, Stuart Friesen Racing. You know, you can just search that on either Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, www.stuartfriesen.net. 
or HelmarFreezingRacing.com. Uh, you can check out all the stuff we have going on there. Like Ty said, you, we, uh, we have a lot of stuff people send in to, to get signed. Um, so feel free uh, to do that. All the addresses are on, on the sites. And uh, yeah, we try as hard as we can to, to keep our schedule and, and all that stuff updated and uh, across the social media stuff for all the, all the latest news and, uh, and action. Yeah, and then at um, at ferrismowers.com, we have pages dedicated to both of these partnerships, and there's links to buy merch and um, also to request hero cards and things like that, and we can take care of you through Ferris Mowers as well. Fantastic. And if you check out Ferris Mowers on Instagram, you'll see me. You, you guys have been sharing some of those posts, so pretty cool. Yeah. Thank you so much, Paul. Cool. Well, thank you guys. I know you have crazy busy schedules, so I want to stick to the time we allotted for this. So thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to meeting you in person uh, in October at the Equip Expo in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. Hey, nice meeting you too. Appreciate it. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Good luck this weekend, Ty. Yeah, you too, buddy. All right, we'll see you. See y'all. Thanks. Bye. Don't miss your chance to level up at the 2023 Equip Expo in Louisville, Kentucky. From October 17th through 20th, you can explore the best in landscaping and hardscaping across the 1,000 exhibits. Make the most of this event and use my promo code POLL to save a whopping 50% off your registration. Just check out the link in our show notes and let the growth of your business take center stage at the Equip Expo. Hey, it's Marty, producer of the Green Industry Podcast. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services that you heard about during the episode. And thanks for listening.